serve, they say. Always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now as we look at this, and we're just going to firstly consider who Jesus is talking to. Um, so talking to people of the Jewish faith at the time. And claiming to be bread was massive. Because bread held a very important role in the lives of the Jewish people. And there are a few um, parts in the Old Testament that um, we're just going to reflect on quickly just to give a kind of bit of context. So the Jewish people were fed with bread from heaven when God rescued them from Egypt. And Nibby talked a bit about this last week. And Exodus 16, 21 to 26, and then we jump into 31, 32, says this. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was white like coriander seed and tasted like wages made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come, so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. And if you listen back to Libby's talk last week, you'll hear her talking about how, you know, the, the um, yeah, people, Jewish people are having a bit of a moan, they're hungry and wandering around, and God provided to fed them. Jewish people um, would make beautiful bread for Shabbat, their, their Sabbath. Um, not something necessarily we would do. I prefer, if I'm going to chew, the roast lamb. But um, beef runs pretty close. But, but bread was baked. It was ceremonial. It was really important to them. They make unleavened bread for the Passover meal, where they um, sit down to remember that God rescued them from Egypt. In Leviticus, which is a book of the early part of the Old Testament where um, God's telling his people what to do, it says this in, in chapter 23, verse 4 to 6. These are the Lord's appointed festivals, the sacred assemblies you are to proclaim at their appointed times. The Lord's Passover begins at twilight on the 14th day of the first month. On the 15th day of the month, the Lord's festival of unleavened bread begins. For seven days you must eat bread without yeast. So bread holds this really important um, position and um, as we share the Lord's Supper later, we, we're remembering that Passover meal that Jesus had with his, um, with his disciples before he was betrayed. And the Jewish people um, use bread to describe their holy book, the Torah. It's used as a metaphor and it's, um, it's like just as bread nourishes the body, so the Torah nourishes your soul. So when Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life, for the Jews of the day, that meant something. It wasn't much in sandwich. It meant a little bit more. And Jesus combined this statement, this image of bread, with the statement, I am. And as I've been mulling this over, I've, I've been a bit mind blown of... Um, just that, that statement, you know, if you've been around church for a while, you've probably read it loads of times. Um, but when you dig into it, it is it's pretty powerful in my 
is confirming that he is their God. The Jewish people all knew that God revealed, revealed himself to Moses by saying, I am. That isn't a story they hadn't heard. That is a story that's told time and time again. And here is Jesus adding to that statement, I am. I am the bread of life. Just like the Torah, I will nourish your soul. Just like manna from heaven, I will feed your hunger. So why is Jesus saying this statement now? Um, for those of you who know Jesus and, and have, have journeyed to know him more, you'll know that probably 100% of the time, Jesus doesn't do anything by chance. So there's a, there's a reason why he's saying it now. And in order for us to think about that, we just need to look a little bit wider into the chapter. Um, I'm not going to go through it all now um, because it will take us ages. Um, so you can either trust me or you can go away and check again later. Um, so I'm going to summarise. So before Jesus tells people he is the bread of life, he's been performing miracles. In John 6, 1-15, Jesus has just fed at least 5,000 people with just five small loaves and two small fish. We thought we nearly had to do that with chocolates, but fortunately we can supply. And the verses tell us there that when they all had enough, they gathered up what was left, and there were uh, 12 baskets overflowing. So it wasn't that everybody had just had what they needed. They were like more than satisfied, and probably had like a carb bloke for days after, um, and all that. They probably didn't have the same deal that we have about bread. Yeah, um, but imagine, like, what a miracle. Like, all of that, I don't even know, how many loaves of bread do you have to bake to feed 5,000 people? How many barbecues do you need for that fish? It, it's mind-blowing. And they were awful and stuffed. And then after that, in John 6, 16 to 24, um, the passage tells us that Jesus' disciples had gone out on the boat onto the lake and got caught in a storm. And Jesus had walked out on water and calmed the storm, and he travelled with them to the other side of the lake. Verse 24, so John 6, verse 24 says this, Once the crowd realised that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into their boats and went to Capernaum to search for Jesus. So he been preaching, he fed them, they were full, and then they're looking for him, they want more, they're not satisfied. And when they can't find him, they get in their boats to go and find him. And um, you might ask yourself, why? What like, what was the point of their looking for him? Unfortunately, Jesus tells us, because he's good like that. And in John 6, 26 to 27, it says this, Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Ouch, is my first response. Jesus sees their hearts, doesn't he? 
Like, you're not here because of the signs that I performed. You're not here because of maybe the words that I said that spoke to your heart. You're here because you want your job. And he might have meant not everybody had that kind of approach. But it's still a challenge, isn't it? Why? Why are they looking for Jesus? And then after that, that's when he, he tells them, I am the bread of life. Like, don't, don't just look for your physical fill. Look for me, the bread of life. Jesus has a way of um, putting things suddenly and challenging people. And he's saying to them, no, you're looking for immediate satisfaction. You want your stomachs filled. But when you seek your physical needs to satisfy them, you're missing the signs. In verse 26, it says, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, because you ate the loaves and had your fill. But the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 did not just have a practical purpose. It did, because they'd all been listening to Jesus for ages and they were starving hungry. So it did have a practical purpose, but it wasn't just meant to fill their stomachs. The miracle was a sign of Jesus' divinity. And miracles are meant to point us to Jesus, not just satisfy our immediate physical needs. So Jesus had challenged them. Why, you know, what, what's your motive? Why are you looking for me? What do you want? And a bit further on in John 6, it tells us this. But Jesus has just challenged them. And it says this. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The spirit lives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. When you read it all in order, it's more dramatic than an episode of EastEnders. I'm telling you, it's like, oh my goodness. Let's just take a moment. So Jesus has been performing miracles, and a huge crowd gathered to listen to him. But it seems like some of them are missing the point. The miracles that Jesus had performed weren't just a show, they were meant to show the people who he was. It seemed like for some of them, they were more concerned about what they could get from him rather than who he was. And he challenged them with his statement, trying to get them to see there was more to it. And amazingly, some people choose to walk away. I don't know about you, but I think, how? Like, how, if Jesus, in the flesh, is in front of you, performing miracles, 
一百五嘛，这个吃起拢是五块，哈，一百一五嘛，就应该。But there is something in here for all of us. Thousands of people witnessed miracles, and having witnessed those miracles, people were eager for more. They were searching for Jesus, but not all for the right reasons. And he challenges them. Why are you looking for me? Is it because you want your stomachs full? Because if it is, you're missing the point. And then Jesus tells them, "I am the bread of life. I am the one who will satisfy." And Jesus knew his audience, and it would have had an instant impact. I am the God to whom they belong, the God who rescued them. I am the bread of life. I am the God who knows you, and I am the one who will feed and sustain you, not just physically but spiritually. I will nourish your soul. Some people were ready for this, and some weren't. And for some, that was too much, and they turned their backs. So just spend a moment. Have a think about yourself in this story. Picture yourself in this passage. Who are you? What is your motivation for coming here this morning? Would you count yourself as one of Jesus' closest disciples, getting involved practically in his life and ministry, allowing him to use you in miraculous ways? I mean, imagine what it was like, and he was like, "Yeah, just hand it out, guys." Or are you in the crowd? Are you one of the kind of onlookers, listening to this this teaching, getting your fill, being fed, enjoying that abundant provision? No, Jesus didn't question their motivations before he fed them, did he? Everyone got filled. Would you? Have you? Will you turn your back on him? Will you miss the point? Will you walk away? Whoever you are, in this passage, the chat there's a challenge for all of us, and the question this morning is, how are you going to respond? You know, how do I? How do you? How do we respond to Jesus telling us, "I am the bread of life"? I mean, Vineyard for a while. If you're new here this morning, um, you're going to learn something about the vineyard. But in the vineyard, are we vineyardians? This is a little bit boring. Are we? What are we vineyarders? I quite like having vineyards. Anyway, um, you don't even know where my mind's going with that. But uh, backyardians was that a cartoon? It was something. They were really cute. Anyway. And if you haven't been around the vineyard, you're going to learn something about what we're passionate about. And if you have, you'll know this. But we are absolutely passionate about seeking the miraculous. We love the now of the kingdom. It is high on our agenda. We long for God's kingdom to break through in miraculous ways. Be that through healing. 
be that through supernatural peace, be that through prophecy. We love it. And every week if you come to church, you will see that we have our space for that and we are expected. And sometimes God does it and sometimes he doesn't. And that is the now and the not yet of the kingdom. He is here but not in form. But we still pursue it passionately because it is a high value to us. But this passage challenges our motivation, doesn't it? Why do we seek the miraculous? Because if it's just for instant physical gratification, we are definitely missing the point. God's miracles, the now of the kingdom, are meant to point us to Jesus, just as they did back then. So what motivates us here this morning? Just have a reflection personally for you. When we pray for others and God and ask God to break through in miraculous ways, yes, there may be a physical answer to prayer. Amen. Amazing. That person may experience healing. They may have peace from whatever is distressing them. They might be set free from something. They might gain clarification through a prophetic word. But that is not the only point. Are they finding Jesus? Are we, as we pray, seeking to point them to the bread of life? Not only to meet their immediate physical needs, but to do so much more. Let's not get so caught up in the miracles that we forget the point of them. Jesus. So we're going to respond this morning. Uh, we're going to have a little time of prayer first, and then we're going to respond by sharing the Lord's Supper together. And as I said, this is um, us remembering the meal where Jesus sat with his disciples and broke bread. <coughs> so this morning, as we just spend some time reflecting, just hear those words from Jesus to you personally. He's telling us, he's telling you, I am the bread of life. I am God who knows you. God who doesn't change. God who is forever. I am the bread that will feed and sustain you. And that requires a response from us. Are you willing this morning to respond to God? Yes, you are. You are my bread of life. Are we ready to be open to that? For all that that means? Will we commit ourselves to him or will we be the ones who walk away? If we hear Jesus' words this morning and there's no response, we will be left empty and unsatisfied. Because only he can satisfy. 